Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Golden Mike Experience, where age isn't just a number, it's everything. I'm your host, Bill Moran, and I'm proud to say I'm 82 years young. Today, we're talking about something any generation can relate to. I'm talking about love. And in many ways, our first guest is a true expert, SRG resident Florence Finney. She's 94 years young and has been married to her husband, Sidney, for 75 years. I want to welcome you to the show. But let's go back 75 years. Wow. Let me, let me take you back. When did you meet your husband? When did you meet him? How I, old were you? I was 16. 16 years young. 16. And when did you marry him? When I was 19 and a half. And it was, that was the time, of course, of, of, of basically the well, World War II era, right? Well, he was in the Army. Mm -hmm. And when he came home after the war was over, we got married. What did you do during that time period when, when your husband was away? Well, I was going to high school, mm -hmm. and um, most of the boys got into the army. Mm -hmm. There was no prom, there was nothing fancy, you know, there was nothing going on. There were hardly any boys around, young men around, and if they were around, they were four Fs. <laughs> were they really? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the men enlisted because they wanted to go into the army. Yeah. My husband had, was deferred, but he quit his job so he could go into the army. Little did he know he hated. Looking back, how has your love actually evolved over the seven decades? Well, when you're 19 years old, mm -hmm. you think you know everything, don't you? When I realize now, I didn't know a damn thing. But um, it grows, and you find out different things about each other. It isn't like now where kids live together for a long time and then get married. We didn't live together. We had no relationships together until we were married. So, as the years go on, you know, and you have children and different things happen. You're two different people, actually. You don't realize that when you first get married. Men and women think differently and they mm -hmm. act differently and they have different back, we have different backgrounds. We have different expectations. But it melds in after a while. Well, when you look, when you look at the seven decades and you look at overall the marriage itself, um, how do you think, as you look back on it, uh, I'm sure you, you had to make a lot of adjustments, didn't you, over yeah, the years? Yeah, of course, yes. Of course you make adjustments. It's never smoothly. I like when people say, we had the best marriage, we never argued. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Even a psychiatrist will tell you it's not even normal not to argue. So you have differences, you have children, you have things that make clashes. But, uh, you know, there's ups and downs in every marriage. There's good times and there's bad times. There's health, there's wealth, mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things you have to go through. You have to adjust. Let me, let me ask you, how did, in some ways then, as you look back over, over the time period, um, as things, go, what were some of the rough elements in the marriage over the years? Well, we moved to California when my mm -hmm. daughter was a year old mm -hmm. from New Jersey. We were married and lived in New Jersey, born and raised in New Jersey. Right, yeah. And coming to California, 
I didn't know anybody. My husband wanted to come out here. And it was very difficult. I kept thinking, nobody knows me here. If I fell on the street, no one would know who I am. You know, you just think about all the things. But after a while, you acclimate yourself. And then we bought a home. And, but there's, you're always making adjustments. And, you ha and all through your life, you make adjustments. As you get older, you make adjustments to your health, to your being, what you do, to your cooking. Everything changes. To your cooking, you did a lot of cooking, didn't a you? A lot of cooking, a yeah. lot of holidays, yeah. a lot of family, yes. That was important to me. And I imagine it was important to him, too? Yes, it was. It's almost like you treated him like a king then, didn't you, in a way? My husband's very spoiled. Well? He is. I didn't, I, you did what your family did. Yeah. The mother served, when the husband came home from work, the dinner was on the table. Today, the husband is home for work and the wife says, what do you want for dinner? Let's call in and get something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's different. As you look at, as look at your years together and you realize you met him at the age of 16, right. did, did, you, did you marry too young? Oh, of course. Yeah. I didn't know anything, but I had a different situation. My mother died when I was a young girl. Mm -hmm. I was living with family and uh, it was nice to have somebody to love and love me and uh, take care of me, more or less. Yes, yeah, so I didn't work with my children, but a little. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to work till I was 43 years old. And then I got a job working in Beverly Hills, and I, I was, which wasn't far from our home. And uh, I worked for 25 years. And that changed me also. It changed my personality. It gave me new confidence. It just was different. How, how many children do you have, by the way? I have two children. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter who's 73, and I have a son that's 68. Mm. And I have three grandchildren, and I have two great-grandchildren. Mazel tov. That's wonderful. You, yes. You know, I'm curious again, uh, as, you, as you look back, um, did you ever give any, was there ever any thoughts in your mind about divorce? Of course. There was. Everybody thinks about that. You think you never think about? I heard a woman on television years ago on Art Linkletter show, and she was married 50 years. In those days, 50 years was really a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said to her, "Did you ever think about divorce?" She said, "Divorce? No, murder? Yes." <laughs> so you know, everybody thinks about something like that. I so, guess they do. I guess yeah. they do. Well, of course. If you don't say it out loud, you think it in your head. Yeah. But do you, you know, in terms of keeping in keeping a marriage fresh, what keeps it fresh? We traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of traveling in our marriage, all over the world, really, and that made it very interesting. Where did you go? We were all over Europe, mm -hmm. Asia, England, Wales, Ireland. The Caribbean, you know, all that. The United States, we did do a lot of traveling. Mount Rushmore, you know, all the Yosemite, mm -hmm. Red Canyon, all that. I kept it very fresh. We all were planning a trip, where we're gonna go, you know, and stuff like that. That's, that was very exhilarating and exciting. What would you get, what kind of advice would you give to the new generation? You know something, I don't think I have the 
the wherewithal to tell them what to do because they come from a different background. Mm -hmm. They've lived a different life. I've never lived alone. I've never had my own bedroom. I never had my own bed. I never had an apartment where I bought a car or I did this. You know, my life was different. So they have a lot of experience. What can I say to them? They know they didn't have to go marry to have sex. That was a big thing. They, when the pill came out, the whole world changed. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely you know, true. Well, well, that's a big thing. Couples started to live together. I was shocked at first, but now it's like, like everything else. You get used to it. Our generation really had to get used to a lot of things, I think. Like what? A change in society. Mm -hmm. It's a change in computers and <laughs> television and texting and all these things, you know, all the environment and everything that goes on. We had to get used to all these different things and the way our children live their lives. They live their lives different than we lived our life. Yeah, in many, many ways. In many ways, that's right. Now, you were, you've been married 75 years. Yes. And you've had some very good times. You've yes. traveled the world, you've done everything. But now your husband uh, is ill. Well, yes, he is incapacitated in some ways. Tell, tell, us, tell us his condition and tell us uh, what you, your involvement there. Well, first of all, he's very hard of hearing and really he's deaf. Even though he has a cochlear implant and he has a hearing aid, mm -hmm. he does not hear well at all. It's very difficult for us to have a conversation. If anything important comes up, I have to sit him down and look at him and tell him, this is important, listen to me. He doesn't see too well. He has macular degeneration. You know, he's 98 years old. He'll be 99 in February. Longevity is in his family. I used to always say to him, in your family, they have to shoot you to get rid of you. But uh, <laughs> I'm not going to shoot him. I'm not going to shoot him. He walks with a walker, which is not uncommon today. Mm -hmm. And he disrests he, he a lot. He doesn't participate in too much. No. And my job is to order his food for him because he can't hear and it's hard for the service to have contact with him and make his lunch. You know, I, I just do different things that I never did before, but I'm very lucky. He's capable of taking care of himself physically, taking his medication and things like that. He doesn't need me to be there with him every moment of the day. So with some, some assets. You're a senior citizen, you're 94 years old, mm -hmm. and people say, there's so many people that say, you're 94, it's almost like it's over, and that people don't realize that you're still capable of doing things. Well, that's a very interesting, you know, as I told Judy, you know, young people look at you, and they think you're always this age. They don't realize you had a life, that you did something vital, that you were important, and um, so I look at them, you know, they don't think of you as being a CEO or a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or had a big job or whatever it was. It's, it's um, I don't think of myself as old, and that's a problem. I still bend down and pick up things. I still exercise, and I, I'm not trying to be young, and I'm not trying to be sexy. I don't mean that. But I mean, I just try to keep myself going. 
I know women say, I'm not buying any more clothes, I'm gonna die soon, so I'm not gonna buy any more clothes. <laughs> yeah. Hell no, I mean, I'm still alive. So, you know, it's, everybody has a different attitude about age, about getting old. Yeah, that, that's very, very true. Many, many pe people are fearful of it, very fearful of it, aren't they? Yes, yes, my husband is fearful of it, I think. Really? Yes. Well, he had an incident when uh, he was a couple of years younger he had to have a valve replacement. And he came through it fine, it was nothing really. The way they do it today, they go through the groin and it's very easy. And uh, he said to the doctor, well, how much longer will I be able to live? He said, so you're 98. Well, now that he's 98, he keeps saying to me, I'm gonna die soon, I'm gonna, I said, you're not gonna die, I'm not letting you die yet. You know, but the doctor never should have said that to him. But that can influence you, you know, when a doctor says to you, you have two years to live or three years to live. Well, that can scare you. There's no oh, question that can scare right. you. So don't say anything. I just, I just keep going every day, okay? If you think about all the things that were and all the things that can be, you can go crazy. Mm -hmm. So you have to just take each day as it is. You know, Florence, you know, every marriage is different. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, let's face it, there are, and every marriage has its ups and its downs. How about with you? Well, I was always very independent, and I was always very capable, and I didn't wait for my husband to come home to take out the garbage, or to put the nail on the wall, or I did what I had to do, but I just did it. And I think my, my husband thought that's how it had to be, I guess, I don't know, but that's how I was, and my husband was, very kind and he he did his share around the house he was very handy and did a lot of things that i couldn't do and uh, that helped a lot mm -hmm. but i was always independent and my husband never bothered me about how much to discourse or why did you buy this that was never part of our problem never and that's an important thing i think in a marriage oh i don't i don't agree you're absolutely right yeah from long-lasting marriage to dating in 2020. When we come back, we'll meet 79-year-old Louise Mandel, who is single, and she's ready to mingle. Today we've been talking about the secrets of love, and no matter how old you are, dating can be very, very hard, especially during the times that we're living in now. Our next guest, Louise Mandel, is 79 years old and is ready to start dating again after losing her husband of 56 years. And that happened a year and a half ago. Louise, welcome to the program. And I'm so sorry for your loss. And what was your husband's name and what kind of man was he? My husband was Michael, and he was a great man. Very kind, very thoughtful, very caring, very interesting. He had a lot of interests. Um, he was a good person. He was a good person. And uh, what kind of work did he do? He was a dentist. How many children did you Three. have? Three. Three children. And how many grandchildren? Six grandchildren. You look so young. 79 years young, you I look so young. I do not like that number. Yes, I am young. And until the pandemic, nobody told me I was elderly. Now I'm thinking, gosh, they keep saying I'm elderly. Maybe it's true. And you're very athletic. I mean, I know you walk six miles a day. Yeah, I do. Every day. Yeah. Well, five days a week. Yeah. Oh, you take a couple of days? I, well, I, Saturday, I only walk three and a half miles, and Sunday, I sleep in. 
So you take a day off for good behavior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk about now, you lose your husband, and it was, a, what, a year and a half ago, roughly? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about the dating game. Oh, the dating game. Well, I didn't seriously get into the dating game until he was gone a year. And, uh, of course, by that time, we were into pandemic. So you can't really meet somebody. You can't really go out with somebody. So I had a friend who said she was on a dating site, and I asked her which one she told me. And I thought, okay, well... This is good because I can meet people and not actually have to be with anybody. You know, I can just be online and communicate by phone or computer emails. So it seemed like a good idea. So that's where I am. Now, the dating world is a difficult world, obviously, um, and especially with what's going on in the world today. Yeah. Um, so when, tell us uh, about some of the people that you have met o over that time period in the dating world, or even <sighs> online or meeting in person. Well, I haven't met anybody in person because I'm very careful you about- You are careful. I'm very careful about pandemic. It's interesting because some people, uh, some men immediately want to meet. Well, when shall we meet for coffee? And I said, well, I don't even know anything about you yet. This is all email or you know, texting. Uh, why don't we communicate first? And you know, you can learn a lot about somebody by whether they're willing to communicate that way, whether they're really, you know, I'm only going to do it my way and no other way. It's my way or the highway kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think you learn a lot about people. Um, you, it's also easier, I suppose, to reject people. <laughs> what are you looking for? What are you looking for in in a man in in, in terms of, mm. let's say, a relationship? Well, besides the usual, he has to be a nice person and kind and caring. Uh, I want somebody who's interesting and who is somebody who's interesting is interested in a lot of things. Okay, I, he has a wide variety of interests. Uh, I'm interested in someone who wants to travel. Um, I walk six miles a day because I like to eat and I like to eat good food. So I don't want somebody who says, oh, I'm very happy going to McDonald's. That's good enough for me. And you make pretty good me. ice cream too. And I make great ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's become my hobby. Yeah. <laughs> my, my grandchildren and children love it. I hope it's not ruining their cholesterol. But yeah. <laughs> I'm having fun doing it. Coming up, are you looking for some words of wisdom back with decades of life experience. That's coming up next. Stay tuned. Hi everybody, I'm Bill Moran, right here at the village at Northridge. This place, I can tell you, is gorgeous and it gives its residents a sophisticated blend of comfort, style, endless social opportunities, and an impressive array of recreational and wellness programs. You know what, it's like a resort here. 12-hour restaurant dining, a fully equipped fitness center, heated swimming pool, a theater, internet, lounge, arts and crafts room, I'm Bill Moran, thanks for listening, be cool, and be healthy.
While we've had such a great conversation about love and dating today, and we're going to wrap things up with one of our favorite segments, where we answer millennial questions from social media. Here to read them off is SRG staff member, the one and only Eddie Martinez. Hi, Bill. Um, yeah, I'm Eddie Martinez. I um, worked with uh, the Zest team mainly uh, in activities, mm -hmm. and um, I've yeah, been playing Trump for a long time. We have a question from Stephanie. Uh, she's from Granada Hills, uh, age 30, and she asked, when do you know it's love or lust? Boy, that's a toughie. Love or lust. It depends. In, in the dating world, it depends where you are in the dating world. I think a lot of guys, it depends on the way they look at it. If they are looking to have a sexual experience right away, that actually, to me, is lust. If they're looking to try to develop a relationship, I think it's, it ultimately could turn into love. But if it's right away, I think it's lust. Oh, okay. I really do. I think, you want, I think you want to have a sexual experience, which is no way to do it if you're looking for a future, in my right. opinion. Right. So is there a, a, an amount of time that you would say that you're getting to know someone before you know it's love or lust? Or? I think it takes a while. I happen, to be, I happen to be dating somebody now. I, mean, I, I lost my wife back in June of 2019, and I met a young lady, uh, and we've been going out since June 2020. Uh, we've gone out quite a bit, but I had the advantage of having somebody set me up, like my sister-in-law. So going in, uh, right away going in, I, I was very much attracted to her. And the more, the more you get involved, uh, the, t uh, the more romantic it becomes, let's put, put it that way, but not right out of the box. Right. From my perspective, I'm looking for a long-term relationship. We're both the same age, we have the same interests, we sing, we sing the same kind of songs, we love the same movies, we love, uh, we're the same age, so it's right. developing. Uh, it is developing into something, but right out of the box, it was not lust. Right. It, it absolutely wasn't, because I, I saw something in her that I want to see where it's going to take me. Yeah, and I think the first three months of a relationship where you're, you're barely getting to know each other and you don't really know who they are, and that after three months, you kind of, they start to reveal, because everyone wants to put their best foot forward when they're dating, you know, what their actual intentions are, you know. Do you think that's a good gauge, or is it... Yeah, I, th I think it is a good gauge. I, I think, you know, in my case, I have the advantage that she liked the same stuff that I like. I mean, on the very, the second date that I met her, uh, we, went, we went walking, holding hands, and singing Sinatra songs, Frank Sinatra songs. Because she's okay. a Sinatra nutcase. And she knew Frank <laughs> Sinatra, by, by the way, personally, right. uh, through her husband. She had been married 43 and a half years. I'd been married 54 and a half years. So we had that situation. But she was ready to meet somebody. And, and what drove, drove her to me was the fact, the setup. That was the opportunity to be set up by my... my, by my uh, uh, sister-in-law mm. that was that set it up completely and I knew right away the minute I saw her on the very first date I knew this was gonna go somewhere okay. and I, I was ready to take it slow my attitude might have been different if, if I was going strictly for the sack right <laughs> right no and um, did you have to get approval from like family members or did you show someone say hey I have this person or you know, what do you very think of them? I had the support of both my uh, my daughter and my son. 
they knew how dedicated I was to my wife because it was a tough ending for her when, when you have strokes and when you have pneumonia and you, ha you flip up the, the lungs and you're dying. Uh, I was there all the way for her and I knew she wanted me to go on and I had my son and my daughter with me on each side of her at Northridge Hospital uh, and the, she knew right there and I knew right there she wanted me to go on with my life. And when I got the phone call from, my, from, my, from her, her uh, sister, my, which is my sister-in-law, and she told me uh, I, I met somebody I think you're going to like, and especially in a charity situation where they're raising money for the Cancer Society. Uh, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet her, and, and we, we took off. The minute I laid eyes on her, I was, kind of, I was kind of taken in. Well, thank you, Eddie, and thank you to all of our guests who shared their story. And I'll tell you what, if you're interested in joining the experience, email us at thegoldenmikeexperience at gmail.com. Never stop dreaming, everybody. Until next time on the Golden Mike Experience, I'm Bill Moran. Take care. Uh -huh.